Some of my clergy friends sent me a meme this week stating that the day of ascension is the day that Jesus started working from home. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to that reality, Lord, as we celebrate that today. Uh, the ascension of Jesus is kind of like a liturgical clearing sale item. It's like a second cousin once removed to Christmas and Easter and Pentecost. It's, it's like an epilogue. Or it's so far-fetched that no one with modern sensibilities would even believe that it actually happened. But it did. Jesus' earthly ministry ended so that his ministry to the church and through the church could begin. Jesus went up so that we can go out. And he said, go into all the world. Those were his parting words, but, but not just to the places that are comfortable. Go into Jerusalem, that is your zip code or your backyard. Go into Judea, that's your, your county maybe. Go into Samaria, the place where the strangers and where your enemies live. And then go into all the world, the places yet to even be discovered. These will be the marks of a true disciple. We will be known by our trust and our obedience that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it, even when that work takes us to difficult and maybe even impossible places. Do we trust that what Jesus said is true? Do we trust that in the same way he went up, he will come back down to us? Do we trust that when we step into public or into publics, that we're entering into the mission field? Jesus says, go. Go into the complicated scenarios, the untenable circumstances, and even the irreconcilable places where we differ with one another. Go into all the world and into all of the world's corners. You will also recall we're still in the great 50 days of Easter between resurrection and, and Pentecost. Ascension marks the 40th day. But you'll recall after the resurrection that several of the disciples, they went back to their normal routines. They went back home. They went back to work. They went back to life as, as usual. So Jesus had to go find them. Some he had to extract from quarantine. <laughs> Others he pulled from a career into a vocation. But he made everyone in a post-resurrection world who wanted to be a follower of his to get out of his or her comfort zone. So he had to go to them, to get to them, to remind them that they're all part of something, we all are part of something bigger than we ever imagined. And so resurrection, resurrection moments, it's power, ascension, Pentecost, they're interruptions to our conventions, but they're interruptions that last long enough to remind us that things in this world still are not as they should be, that the story continues, that there is work yet to be done to help this dark world resurrect to light. The, the dead places of our zip code, our county, our state, and the world are being resurrected at this very moment. And so Jesus went up so that we could go out. It's an onward and upward, an unshakable moment. 
You know, our high school seniors know all too well about what it means to have life interrupted during a time when planning was set to reach new heights, college selection, roommates, scholarship, opportunities, the bedding and the colors of one's roommate have to match. I shouldn't know that, but I do all too well. There's meal plan tickets, there's rush meetings, there's supposed to be graduation parties right now, caps, gowns, honor cords, and alas, we're on COVID time. <laughs> so this graduating class of 2020 will have a story to tell like no other. Life has been turned upside down for them. You know, on a typical uh, senior recognition Sunday, we would call their names and we would have them standing before us right here, interestingly enough, under the icon of the ascending Jesus underneath his own feet. And they're probably asking even now as they listen to worship and prepare to see their own video that they just made, they're probably asking, what's next? What is next? Well, we've captured their voices and I want you to hear from them. We're going to cut to that video because our high school senior disciples, they are indeed prepared for the next step of their journey. So, grab a tissue and take a look. Hey, my name is Leigh Grace Borders. Hey, I'm Bragg Payne. I'm Elizabeth Klein. I'm John Dawson Bell. Hi, my name is Dan Strickland. I'm Mary Wallace. My name is Ann Jordan Williams. I'm Margaret A. McNeil. I'm George Porter Barringer. My name is Laurie Wake. My name is Emma Grace Broach. Hi, I'm Russell Hughes. Hey, I'm Margaret Chandler. Hi, I'm Matthew Buckley. I'm Hillsman James. My name's Brandon Carter. I'm Brooke Horton. My name is Isabella Baker. My name is Alex Wisenhunt. My name is Ellie Gilmore. My name is Prather and Hargrave. Listen to the advice and accept instruction. That you will gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans of the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. I'm most excited to be seeing what God has planned for me in Dallas and for my swimming career. I'm really excited to be attending a Methodist college. I'd like to thank the church for the love and support they have given me through high school. My advice for the upcoming confirmation class is to always stay active in the church because you'll never know what kind of opportunities you'll be able to be involved in and what kind of wonderful pe people that you'll be able to meet. One of the most important things that this youth group has taught me is how important it is to surround yourself with a group of peers and friends who can support you through your faith journey. Uh, my favorite memory from the youth group was serving the people of Costa Rica. My advice to the compromands that are entering the church and continuing in the youth group would be to continue to be as active as possible. There are so many ways to be active in our church. There's no one defined path, so you can really choose what you love to do and are passionate about. And a few words that I want to leave with y'all as I go off to college are have fun, enjoy your classmates and your Sunday school and everything that the church has to offer. I've really enjoyed that. My favorite memory from this church, from the youth, is the Quito, Ecuador mission trip uh, my freshman year. Um, I was reluctant to go because I didn't have many friends and I was young, but uh, I attended and I had a lot of relationships that came from that trip and um, grew my relationship with God and uh, awesome memory.
My favorite FUNC memory is being a vacation Bible school leader over the years. The thing that I'm most excited for about college is all the new people that I'm going to meet and the new opportunities and doors that will be open for me. My favorite memory of FUMC has been uh, just getting to do the small groups and everything that I've learned through them. If I could offer any advice to the Confermans this year, I would encourage them to stay as involved in the youth group as possible and participate in all the various activities that the youth group has to offer. The most important takeaway from here that I've learned is to plug into God and stay plugged in throughout your life. And it might be tough sometimes, but it's always worth it in the end. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans for you to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Thank you, FUMC. 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 Thanks, FUMC. Thank you, FUMC. Thank you, FUMC. And a special thanks to Love DuBose, Ann Chandler, Alyssa Taylor, to Joe and Chris for making this video a possibility. Uh, I'm just glad I've had at least two or three times to watch it or else I'd be a puddle right now. I'm so proud of these seniors. I trust that we have done our job preparing them. I trust that they will trust God during this next season of their lives. This class was my final confirmation class I taught prior to being reappointed a few years ago. And I was moved mid-year in February of that year, so I didn't have the chance to be a part of their confirmation. And now we're separated once again, thanks to Rona. But what I know is this, that this is a special group because they ask hard questions, authentic questions, trying to get at the heart of matters of life and faith. They've kept me on my theological toes for quite a while. And they've figured out ways during their time here at First Methodist how to love God with their minds and their hearts and their strength, their souls, their relationships. And so seniors, we, we're not letting you go. Uh, you're being sent out by the power of God's spirit. There's a difference in letting you go and sending you out. I hope you hear that. Because you are now being sent into the most important mission trip of your life. I wonder if the disciples 
way back on the day of ascension, thought that they were being abandoned by Jesus. But he wasn't letting them go. He was sending them out. He had spent three years pouring himself into their lives. And then he sent them out to train others and to lead others and to love all people and to engage all people with sincerity and authenticity and to share a meal with strangers and enemies every now and then. Seniors, it's your turn to do the same. And you are at this crossroads in your life where you get to decide the next uh, path you will take in your faith journey. I cannot encourage you enough to resist the temptation to become the next statistic of college students who walk away from the Christian faith and never return. Do not fall into that trap. There's a song that you have sung your whole life at Vacation Bible School. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid. In the coming weeks, our role as your church will be to place you in contact with campus ministry directors and others who have blazed this path before you. And so I want you to find your spot. I want you to love God with your mind in the classroom. I want you to love God with your body by keeping it pure and by staying healthy. I want you to love God with your heart by not giving it away casually, but by pouring out grace to people who deserve it and especially those who do not. I want you to love God with your soul by finding a faith group on campus. So go to church and do church, but most importantly, be the church. I love you all so much, and I'm only a phone call away, as are your brothers and sisters here at your church. You can call me, you can call us. We are your family now and forever. And so finally, for our seniors and the other 15,000 or so of you viewing in worship with us right now, I want you to remember that all of us find ourselves at these defining moments in life from time to time, whether it's high school graduation or college or work or marriage or death or divorce or COVID or war, childbirth or child loss, baptism, confirmation, becoming a grandparent, whatever the case might be, we all have defining moments in life, moments that become part of our story, maybe change our story, maybe change someone else's story. And so often the way that we either respond or reflect or retort in those moments says a lot about who we are as people of faith, our trust level in God, our trust level in the body of Christ, our trust level in ourselves even and in our fellow humanity. Don't you wonder, for example, what those onlooking disciples were thinking while they were staring up at Jesus' nail-pierced feet ascending into the clouds, I probably, like them, would have said, he's left us. We are on our own. What are we supposed to do now? How are we supposed to do what he told us to do in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and especially to the ends of the earth? We are so under-equipped. We're not smart enough. We're not even ordained. We're not ready. This defining moment, Jesus, it's... It's too much. I've certainly felt that way. Have you? Jesus is up there. I'm down here figuring out this messy life on my own. Hey, Jesus, enjoy those gold streets. 
and that river of life, you know, that crystal clear thing that you can kayak on and enjoy. I'll be swimming down here in the muddy murkiness of life while you're up there. We tend to say that, don't we? What I'm getting at is this. There's, there's really, as we see in the ascension, no realm of nature or heaven or earth where Jesus has not triumphed over all spheres of life so that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is, in fact, Lord of heaven and of earth, of life and of death. Jesus came down to earth to redeem our humanity and he ascended to heaven to secure our immortality. Let us not have memories that are so short that we reject the truth or forget the truth that we are loved. The beginnings of a thoroughfare have been established and Jesus is the first one to travel it. The good shepherd is leading the flock until we all dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But who's to say that the final dwelling place isn't already being prepared here and now? Because there's as much in the Bible about things coming down from heaven as there is about things and people going up. And so maybe resurrection and ascension and Pentecost and the second coming are this thoroughfare. And they're more about the work that God is doing right here and right now. We tend to get so hung up on the final inspection, the final walkthrough that Jesus is going to give. But is it possible that we're being sent out as resurrection agents to raise the dead places in our community and all over the world, to resurrect poverty and illiteracy and hunger and loneliness and doubt and to help people ascend to new heights. We've not been abandoned during this in-between time. We're not abandoned now during COVID time. We're just waiting actively to resurrect all the dead places around us. We have a resurrection mission and purpose here and now to advocate for justice, to care for the sick, to renew the church, to continue being a supply line for those fighting the battle on the front lines of the medical field. You will receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses. We are so far from being purposeless. So do not let this quarantine or this virus or any headline or anything else or anybody tell you differently. Because of resurrection and ascension and next week we're going to have a big birthday celebration of Pentecost, we have been the most essential movement on the planet for 2,000 years. And we're as strong as ever. And so during life's defining moments, when we place trust in everything else in the world, we do need to place trust in doctors and in medicine and in those who help us with legal details and accounting details and all the organizations and the entities of the earth that are helping to keep it healthy and safe and all those things. But at the end of the day, all of those, even your preacher and the church, is going to let us down at some point. But the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. In, an un, in a shaky world, we can have an unshakable trust. It's tough. It's tough. 
because our friends and our family and every kingdom of this world has betrayed us and let us down. So why should we trust people? How can we be certain that God won't let us down because every, everything else around me does? That's a wonderful question, actually. That's, it's an Aldersgate Day question. It's a watershed question. It's a conversion question because what we believe intellectually must be balanced with what we feel about God in our hearts and how we serve God in the world with our hands. John Wesley said on this day 282 years ago, he went unwillingly, reluctantly, to a small group meeting reading the preface to Romans, and he said after that experience, I felt finally I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And that an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. 282 years ago, Wesley discovered that God loved him and was for him and would never abandon him. And the result, a global movement. Maybe Ascension Day and Aldersgate Day have something in common. When a small group of people felt their hearts strangely warmed, and they went out and changed the world. You see, faith is not about trusting God to stop life's earthquakes, eruptions, and storms. Faith is trusting that God will equip you and walk with you when the ground shakes, when the culture blows its top, and when the waves pound against your soul. That's faith and trust. This past week, one of the finest human beings I have ever had the privilege of knowing transferred his membership from First United Methodist Church into the church triumphant. Dan Stallings epitomized decency and integrity, honesty, hope, compassion, joy, and an unshakable trust that the ills of this world are only temporary Dan contracted COVID-19, and his body was too frail to fight off the virus. But the one thing that COVID-19 could not shake was Dan's belief that the great physician was making him fully alive and whole. Many years ago, 90 years ago, God breathed life into Dan's body, and on Thursday, that breath returned back to the very heart of God for all eternity. And if I, like you, have learned anything from Dan, it's the sure and certain hope that God never left him alone. So our prayers are with his family now, and that Dan would rest in peace and rise in glory. Ascension shows us that Jesus is going home to prepare a place for us. John's gospel tells us that. But in taking himself home to God's heart, he's taking all of humanity to God's heart with him. And that, friends, is certainly, certainly good news, that no matter how much or how often the world changes, how insecure we feel, how shaky the ground becomes, no matter how often we are told we are not enough, no matter how much suffering, violence, or even death this world throws at us, Jesus has carried our human condition straight to the heart of God. So through it all, friends, we have a blessed assurance that we belong to God. You, you belong to God. 
I want you to trust that truth and trust that God has entrusted the work of heaven to you and me. Our response is one of obedience. So we get to change the world. Seniors, in a few weeks, in a few months, go change the world. FUMC, change your corner of this COVID world in the safest possible way, of course. And brothers and sisters, Pentecost is coming and the power of the Holy Spirit is coming and it will be with us forever. Jesus is coming soon and it is our time now to get after it and to rise up and to be ready and to build our hope on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground, all other places in which and on which I put my trust are sinking sand.